Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders, they call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. Right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses. And look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with the contactless visa to support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. The Bears angst in general. Everybody's like angry about it, I feel like. Just relax. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. This is just how it is. It's a range of emotions. It's a range of feelings and hot takes. Here they are. Fiery, feisty, and frequently ill-tempered. The Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Getting ready for week three here on Hogue and John's Bears and Falcons Sunday in Atlanta. I'm telling you, Adam, this is when the games get faster. This is when the games, like, before you know it, it's week three, it's week four. (laughs) I said this a few weeks ago, but I can't believe here we are already discussing the the, the Falcons. It just feels like yesterday we had our mask on at Alice Hall. Well, try throwing in White Sox, Indians, a pennant race. Are they good? Pl- White playoffs. Sox are good, right? I mean, not this week. Uh, it's baseball, though. Yeah. yeah. Get the losses in now. You have bad weeks. I yes. think they have show their- a bad week now as opposed to a few weeks from now, right? Yeah. Well, you got you have two bad days next week and you're done. Yeah. Season's over. So, yeah. Get it out this week, I guess. It's been a bad week. Um, But, yeah. The uh, football games tend to go quickly, too, when you're... Spend half your time covering baseball during the week as well. Uh, welcome in. Follow us on Twitter. This is the football podcast, I believe. Sometimes I get these things crossed up in my head, uh, but we can turn that switch and take you into Bears and Falcons. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Read Adam Johns, Kevin Fishbane, the whole crew uh, at, what's the Athletics website again? It's called theathletic.com. Slash Hogan Johns, is that correct? I got that yes, right? Yes, let's H-O-G-E get back into football mode here. Hogue. At J-A-H-N-S. There is you that, go. Those, that's how you spell these names. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready to go for touchdowns, and I think there might be a lot of them scored. Be fun. This Sunday in Atlanta. I'm disappointed that we don't get to go to this game. So I covered the Super Bowl there a couple years ago, but I didn't actually stay for the game. Like I did the, the, week, the week on Radio Row, and uh, it's an awesome stadium. When you see it outside, I haven't been inside inside it yet, though, and it's kind got an the underrated cool- town too. Yeah, I had a good week in Atlanta. I mean, that's the most time I ever spent there. I covered a couple Bears games there, but that was back at the Georgia Dome. What's the nightlife area on the south side of town there? Why am I blanking on it? Mm, that Arthur I don't blanking know. on it. <laughs> You're Arthur blanking on it. I didn't. I didn't venture that way. I was so busy the whole week. My nightlife con- consisted of the Atlanta Marriott Marquis with oh, Pat Finley. It's not a bad place to be. It's going to bother me. So you just start talking until I find this on the the internet here. Oh, like the other day when we were trying to figure out uh, that's whack, bro. Yeah, <laughs> and we failed to do that. Yes, yes. So that bothered me. Did it? Did it not? Like, for, okay, forget forget Atlanta now. But uh, that that Brandon Marshall soundbite with Chris Williams in the background that became um, a very lively and uh, quite funny uh, bit for uh, Cap and Hall. That's whack, bro. That it was. It's too bad. Maybe we need to bring it back here on the podcast. That was David Hall. Actually, now, like the whole memory is coming back to me. That was David Hall answering the question: Was it in New England's locker room? New England's locker room where he yeah, asked Yeah, I that? think you're right. After the um, Lamar Houston torn ACL celebrating game. Yes. Oh, that was an awful game. Just to, just to watch and cover if you're anything related to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That game was over quickly. Um, a butt kicking. But butt kicking is putting it nicely. Uh, all right. Uh, I am at NBCSportsChicago.com. Got a couple things up, including three reasons why the Bears are better than you think they are. How about that? Feeling Ooh. optimistic this week. Yeah, very. But or then what's what's relatively. weird is we start talking about the game, and I am not that optimistic. Uh, Does that make sense? It's not a very good defense. The Falcons? The Falcons. No. No, they're not. Should we get into our three big questions, though? Yes, we're, I think you were in charge of them this week, weren't you? I was. So I'll get us started right here. So the first question, Johnsy. Do you trust the Bears' defense to slow down this Falcons' offense? Because the uh, Falcons do have a good offense. I do, because I don't know if... I, I don't think Seattle has a very good defense. I don't know if Dallas has a very good defense. Didn't Mitchell Trubisky light up Dallas last year at Soldier Field? So He, he did. Yes, um, and he had an awful season last year, did he not? So I, I think there's just more context to, to consider. Um I have questions about what the Bears' defense is, especially in terms of their 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 pass rush. But the statistics do show that they're they're right now after two games one of the best as we as we expected they they would be. Um, yes, I, I think it's it's more or less the them being a more formidable challenge for the Falcons than than vice versa. Well, the reason that I bring up the question is because it's not like this Bears' defense has been dominant. This is the best offense they face. Definitely better than the Giants. Uh, the, the Lions have a good offense, but they didn't have Kenny Galladay. Now, the Bears might catch another break here because Julio Jones is on the injury report. Did not practice on Wednesday. Still waiting to find out uh, today, which is Thursday as we record this. Uh, now, he tends to play through injuries, but regardless, you know, I was watching some of that Cowboys game earlier today. He didn't look like the same Julio Jones. So that's that's somewhat of a break um, because they have two really good wide receivers. Calvin Ridley is the other one. Riley Ridley's brother. They also have Hayden Hurst, who's an outstanding tight end. Um, and so there's options to throw the ball to here. And I, I do wonder if the Bears are going to be a little bit leaky. I think leaky is a word that we can use for this Bears defense so far this season. Hmm. I don't know if I like that term. Um, they, they struck me as a as a bend don't break defense against the Giants and the the Lions late. So you know maybe that is some leaks. Um, it it kind of reminded me of how they they used to play under Lovey Smith, right? They try to keep everything in front of them, eliminate the big play, which is understandable in those situations. But you're still giving up a lot of yards. Like you look at the Bears, they are very low or or very high in the rankings we should say, in terms of points allowed. But they're kind of average. I don't have the, the, the exact numbers in front of me, but in terms of yards allowed per game, they're, they're not exactly you know amongst the league's best. Right. So they're leaky. So they're leaky. Mm. Thank you for... I still don't like that word. Okay. Making my argument for me. No, I, I, I know. Look, I, I and I also, I wrote that I do think that this pass rush is going to continue to get stronger. Um, and we'll see what they can do against the Falcons. I mean, you, it does help that they're not going to have their home crowd. Yeah. It, it, it just does. Um, more so on the other side of the ball for the Bears offense, but I think that's a factor that's certain. I looked some of the stuff up, Johns. Sacks are down. We've seen the least amount of sacks since 2016 uh, so far this season. Points, more points were scored in the first two weeks of this season that have ever been scored in the history of the NFL through two weeks. I have to think it has something to do with the lack of fans. I, it seems like it's advantage offense this year. Yeah, yeah, it was, especially on, on the road to, to be able to go through your audibles and you know get all your, your signals in. To actually, like, I guess the best way to put it, Adam, is, is we can sit in the press box at Soldier Field and hear the coaches on the sideline. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. You can't. That's not possible during a normal game. So, so just think about how the acoustics, the the presence of fans, or the or lack thereof, has changed things for for these guys on the field. It's it's very obvious to to us when when we're in there. 
Well, it should help the Bears offense that it's not going to be a loud, rocking uh, Mercedes-Benz, what do they call that place? The Just stadium, right? It's confusing because two teams in the same division, there's the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, and then there's Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and they're in the same division. Come on. Uh, Anyway, question number two. Will Mitch Trubisky in the offense finally put four good quarters together? See, I'm always... I've always been a believer, Adam, that the old, like, cliche, you know, play a full 60, you know, or, or you know, you want to be a full ice player. I, I said that cliche wrong. But, you, you know, what I'm talking about, like, there's always going to be mistakes in the game. You know, there's always going to <laughs> Thanks, Vic. There's always going to be, um, you know, bad series, bad turnovers. Like, there, there'll be points in games where the best players stink for one or two snaps. So, like, that... I get the idea. You want to play four good good quarters, but I, sometimes I feel like it's just surviving your bad moments and making sure that your good ones are significantly more than your bad ones. Um, I think they're better just because how bad the Falcons are uh, defensively, especially in the secondary. I think guys like Dar- Darnell Mooney and Anthony Miller with their speed should have a, a field day back there. So... Does Trubisky have his his bad moments? Yeah, but I think for the most part, you feel a lot better about him coming out of this game, and part of that's because of how bad the Falcons are defensively. Yeah, I think I think three good quarters might be enough to win this game. Um, but you're right. I mean, rarely do any NFL teams really truly put four good quarters together. Um, there's always down moments. It needs to be pointed out. Do you know the Cowboys? Well, I know our producer, Kent Garrison, knows this. They fumbled the ball four times in the first quarter. Four fumbles and a fake punt in their own end that didn't work. I'm talking about the Cowboys now. And so you want to explain how the Falcons went up 20 to nothing. I mean, there's your answer right there. Uh, I would, I mean, I would think that the Bears aren't going to do all that. That's just remarkable that the Falcons lost a game getting all of those things going their way in the first quarter. And I got to give one guy credit. Let's see if I can get this name right. Linebacker. Foye Sade. Ooh. Oluwakan. Ooh, kept going. He had two peanut punches in the first quarter. So it's, it's you know, the, the Cowboys were, were fumbling the ball over the place, but at least two of those were legitimate peanut punches um and shout out to Kevin Burkhart on the broadcast who actually referenced it as a peanut punch even though there was uh, no the bears weren't involved. I think well just just mark that down as a point for Charles Tillman's Hall of Fame. Yes, candidacy. that's where I was going. Just it's he's left his mark on the NFL because of the way he played the game. He, he, even we we called a uh, pass breakup from Jalen Johnson the other day a peanut punch like move cuz he punched through but <laughs> You know the, the the guy's arms. So, um, yeah, uh, I know we'll get into this more with with Jeff Schultz, or, or our friend from the Athletic Atlanta. But it, it seems to me that the Falcons are are quite the mess here, and there's a question about whether or not or how they respond to this. But it's also like they could be ripe for another. Let's use the word again, Adam. Butt kicking. You know, this time from the Bears. All right, question number three. Will Allen Robinson top 100 yards receiving for the first time this season? I'm going to say no. No. You seem very convinced in your answer. Yes, yes, yes. If you're tracking like the way Mitchell Trubisky is spreading the ball, I'm calling him Mitchell a lot today, by the way. Have you noticed that? Usually it's just Mitch. Have you tracked the way that Mitch has been spreading the ball out so far this year, Adam? Well, I have noticed that I believe that wasn't there a Kevin Fishbane fun fact that he threw to more targets in week two than he did in all of last season? Yeah, yeah. So the the spread the wealth approach has taken hold here in Chicago. Where, where last year, like, there's a reason why you know Allen Robinson was so valuable. It's because he was like their offense. That was it. Like he he was the guy. Now you got, you know, options out there. And some of those options, Adam, haven't really come to complete fruition on the field. I'm talking about your tight ends. 
You know, like we, we've seen some stuff from Darnell Mooney. We saw some stuff on week one from Anthony Miller. Like Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet are going to get theirs eventually. This could be the game over the middle, taking advantage of their size. Darnell Mooney stretching the field. So I think Allen Robinson will have a few catches. He'll be better than he was against the Giants, but I don't think he tops 100. And I'm surprised in all of that you didn't just bring up how Robinson has been playing so far. Like not up to well, maybe a standard that he set himself the past couple of years. Right, and I hate I, I hate that it sounds like a criticism of his because actually I've marked him down for plenty of good plays. He's made uh, two really good catches, one in each game. Like the, the divers over the middle. Yeah, the catches that um, no other receiver on the team could quite frankly make, and his blocking has been very good. Effort's not an issue at all. Um, I think the contract situation is fair to bring up. And I thought even Trubisky, you know, was somewhat honest in admitting that, you know, that's human nature for that stuff to pop in your head. And I'm, I'm sure everyone involved would prefer that it wasn't hanging over the bare start to the season so far. I, I didn't get the impression that they're close or that Robinson's at all happy with the situation this week when he talked. He seemed a little down to me. Seemed a bit terse. Yeah. Um, maybe a bit angry by some of the criticism he got from maybe media members, maybe analysts, maybe from fans that he heard on social media. Because let's be honest, he's been active on social media. He's been mm-hmm. on it a lot. And there was a lot of criticism of him. Not just for, for forget us for a second. You know how fans can be. And then interception, they went after him a bit. It's on there in social media. You just got to Google, not Google, or search the guy's name. It, it, it's there. So, for example, did, did you see what I wrote? Uh, break the, the breakdown I did with JJ on NBCSportsChicago.com. Break down a couple plays every week. So, the it was a play early on in the game, and they snuck Ryan Nall out the left side. Kind of a fullback wheel route. Which, if you put a fullback on a wheel route, I love. I love the play. Of yeah. Oh, the play that our our friend on Twitter told us to look at. Oh yeah, that's right. Which I I I did. I broke it down in depth on NBCSportsChicago.com, so you can go check it out. But what's interesting is I was watching the film closely. So when that play happened in front of our eyes in the press box, where we can see the whole field, when Mitch was going to Allen Robinson. I'm like, oh, that's an easy completion. And I was very surprised that by the time the ball got there, James Bradbury was all over and broke it up. It made it look like, oh, Mitch must have just been late in recognizing it. But you go back and watch the film, and both Jabril Peppers and Kyler Fackrell run with Ryan Nall. They actually do a really good job of recognizing, because the Bears are trying to sneak Nall out there, you know, without being recognized, and two guys went with him. Well, that opened up the window. So he made the right decision to go with Trubisky. The Bears ran that same play, their next drive, but with Darnell Mooney as the uh, running the route that Robinson ran, which is just a comeback route. And Mooney took his route, I noticed this, two yards farther than Robinson did. I mean, and it's the same play. And when Mooney comes back, the ball's right there. And it's an easy catch. For I think they picked up 16 yards on the play. And that told me that Robinson stopped his route short. He didn't run the full route because it, that if he runs two yards farther, Bradbury can't break on the ball because he's playing the receiver. He's not playing the ball. So he's reacting to Robinson. So if Robinson runs two yards farther, when he turns around, that ball's right on him, and the timing is perfect. So these are the types of things that I just you're not used to seeing from Allen Robinson, and if they do happen, you don't notice them. That's the type of stuff, more so than the interception. I know the interception got a lot of play. That was a great play by, by Bradbury. And who, by the way, was probably the best player on the field on Sunday. I'm more concerned about like a tiny detail like I just brought up there because that's that's not like him. Yeah, well, Kevin Fishbane brought up a point on the the first interception by Trubisky. Like, 
it was just very simple. That's a play usually that Allen Robinson makes. Like usually he gets those, right? Like isn't there some advanced data out there about how good he is and contested catches? That one seemed there. Um, I, I I do wonder if he cut his route off. I don't want to say early or just should have came back a bit more to it because we know, uh, as Matt Nagy explained later, he was the second read Anthony Miller fell. But, yeah, this is all fair conversation um, to have. Uh, To go back to the original question, I think it's beneficial now for Trubisky to to look around and see a Darnell Mooney, to see a Jimmy Graham, to know that maybe Cole Komet's coming. You know, it's not fully reliant on Allen Robinson having eight nine, ten catches in a game anymore. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I don't think he gets to 100 yards receiving. Um, I do think he plays better, though. But I think your reasoning is pretty good, that the ball's just being spread around a lot more. Um, But he's still important in that offense, so (laughs) I'd still get that thing done. Anyway, we're going to take time out, come back. Jeff Schultz will be our Falcons guest this week. Break things down with him. Get a better idea of the Bears' opponent coming up on Sunday. Well, Johns, it looks like we're going to get at least one more good weekend of weather. Social distance outside as everybody's watching the Bears game. And it's a great time to be celebrating the Bears game Sunday with friends over a beer, even if it looks a little different. Miller Lite is the only beer of the Chicago Bears. Miller Lite has a long-term partnership with the Bears and has been a staple in Soldier Field for decades. So, Adam, if you can't go to Soldier Field, you can't go to Atlanta, fill up those coolers, get those bonfires going, fire up those grills for maybe one, last, two, three more weekends before the weather changes in Chicago, get that Miller Lite. So here's to the Bears, your 2-0 Bears. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time in Chicago. Yeah, no matter where you're watching the game, it's always Miller time in Chicago. Pick up Miller Lite for your game day needs. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. All right, let's go a little bit more in depth on the Atlanta Falcons. Here we bring in Jeff Schultz from the Athletic Atlanta. He's a columnist. Should definitely be checking him out this week as the Bears get ready to play the Falcons. Jeff Thanks for jumping on the uh, 0-2 Atlanta Falcons. I know it's been a kind of a crazy couple weeks, especially after the collapse against the Cowboys. Yeah, you know, Adam, I, uh, I, I'm i pretty old, so I actually – I've been a football fan a long time. I've uh, covered the NFL since 1983, and uh, I've never seen uh, the onside kick not covered like that in this last game. But this franchise has uh, has had a history of, of doing some strange things and certainly collapses. We all remember the Super Bowl a few years ago. And um, as I wrote the other day, when they lose, they don't just bring a gong. They bring like, you know, a 70-piece orchestra and a, a whole room full of clown shoes. It's, it's, uh, it's never-ending, the level to which uh, these guys can sink sometimes when they fall apart. In your latest, you described Dan Quinn as Mike Smith. Right. 2.0 like just the what, what's the level of angst maybe in the city I, I you know the, the old cliche the hot seat but Dan Quinn's got to be feeling some type of pressure right oh he's feeling a lot of pressure I mean it, you know Atlanta's a I'm not from here originally but Atlanta's sort of a strange um a, a strange sports market in that the only thing that consistently does well in terms of catching the fans attention basically is Georgia football and then the other thing is usually rotating. It's often it's the Braves now, but the Falcons, I mean, Dan Quinn had the Falcons not only on the map, but the center of attention here in Atlanta um, in his second year when the team went to the Super Bowl and he was a hero. I mean, he, that first, first couple of drafts um, the team had under him because he had so much saying personnel, they were really good drafts and, and he could do no wrong with the fan base and he could do no wrong with owner Arthur Blank, which is why he got so much autonomy. But um, things have fallen apart quickly, guys. I mean, they're basically in the last two plus years, you know, he's 14 and 20. Um, and, and that loses a lot, of, a lot of goodwill. And, you know, the reason I made the Mike Smith comparison was Mike was a pretty popular coach when he and 
Thomas Dimitrov, the general manager, started in 2008. They they took over a franchise that had never had consecutive winning seasons as hard that as hard as that is to believe. Um, and I think four of their first five years were 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 winning seasons and playoff teams. And in 2012, they they went to the NFC title game and came within t- ten yards of of going to the Super Bowl. And um, everybody talked great, you know, we're there, we're there, we're there. And then those next two years. 2013 and 14, they completely fell apart. I think they won 12 games total those first two years, and so or those last two years. And Mike Mike Smith got fired, and that's kind of where Dan Quinn is right now. I think he's kind of right on the edge of possibly losing his job. So Jeff, here's what I don't understand. And by the way, you can follow him on Twitter at Jeff Schultz ATL uh, for more. He came. Dan Quinn came from Seattle, defensive coach, uh, Legion of Boom, a lot of success there in Seattle. The hire made a lot of sense. So why is the defense so bad? Uh, well, uh, yeah, that's always the million-dollar question. The, the defensive line actually has played – is better now um, than it had been the last couple of years. But the secondary is a mess. Um, uh, Isaiah Oliver, one of the cornerbacks, uh, a high draft pick, just isn't very good. Um, Ricardo Allen is is – however old he is now and he's just um he's too slow back at free safety uh keanu neal uh, are a really great safety strong safety um in in 16 and 17 he's had season ending injuries the last two years and he just doesn't have the same speed um i i, I think overall uh straight answer to your question is the personnel probably isn't as good as they want you to believe and as good as a defensive coordinator as Dan Quinn was or had a reputation to be, you still need the players. And I'm not sure they have the players back there. And then, of course, then we're also going to know, you know, the, the question that came, I was going to wonder the question that followed him here, how much of it was him and how much of it was Pete Carroll. Right. I mean, you, that situation always follows any coordinator, whether he's offense or defense. I think Dan is a, you know, has shown he can be a pretty decent coach. Players love him. I think Dan's biggest, Mistakes, though, honestly, have been sort of in the um, administrative end. I think he lost some good assistance. Uh, I don't think he replaced them very well. Uh, I think they made some bad personnel decisions. I think they lost some lock, some leadership in the locker room they had in 2016. And I think that's kind of where they are right now. So I agree. A guy who was a DC, you shouldn't be giving up 78 points and 10 touchdowns in two games. It's crazy, but that's kind of where they are right now. I, I think one player one-on-one matchup uh, we're talking a lot about here in Chicago is Julio Jones versus Jalen Johnson, the Bears rookie cornerback who's had pretty a pretty good debut, at least for his first couple starts. Um, but he hasn't faced the caliber of receiver such as, as Julio Jones. Um, so a couple questions here. like, What do you make of that matchup? matchup? And uh, two, is, is Julio Jones, is he healthy? We, we saw him on the injury report, and you know we've been reading – the Athletic Atlanta, there seems to be some intrigue about his, his situation. Well, the second question first, no, he's not healthy. He's got a, he's got a hamstring injury. It clearly bothered him uh, in the Dallas game. It looked like it bothered him a little bit in the Seattle game. This is a guy who probably hasn't been healthy since maybe his second year in high school. I mean, he's always got some sort of injuries, but he's, he's so physically strong for a wide receiver and such a tough guy, he tends to play through stuff. Um, he won't practice that much, but he'll play. But he'll play all out. But you definitely saw a difference last week, so this might be well timed for the young cornerback to be going against Julio Jones. Um, as a player, when healthy, I covered the San Francisco 49ers when I lived in the Bay Area, and Jerry Rice was not just the best receiver, maybe the best player I've ever seen. Julio Jones is right there with me, with me in terms of how highly he ranks. But I just think he's not that guy right now. Um, I, and I don't know what he caught. Like, what do you have? Two catches last week, something like that. He wasn't a downfield threat at all. Um, so yeah, I think he's not healthy. I don't know at what level he is. He's more secretive than even most players. He did come from Alabama, so he's learned well. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see what they've got this week. Well, they do have Calvin Ridley. Uh, yes. And Hayden Hurst has been a great addition at tight end so far. He had a big game last week against the Cowboys, too. And, and Matt Ryan can still get the job done. Um, how has Todd Gurley looked so far? Does he look any better? Uh, he actually had a good game against the Bears last year, even right. as uh, you know he's 
you know, not as healthy as he used to be. But I, I guess I'm naming all these names. The Falcons still have a, a pretty good offense. They're facing a tough defense this week, but um, it seems like they can still score points when they want to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they are throwing the ball a lot. Their offensive line has been very good. That's helped, and, and Matt Ryan has had has had a good season so far. Uh, Todd Gurley, in answer to your questions, is that's kind of tough to ask somebody locally because we're always going to compare him to the guy that we saw run at Georgia, and he's not that guy, and he's not the guy that ran his first whatever it was two or three years with the Rams. Um, he they're limiting his touches. Uh, I think right now. As a running back, he's averaging just over three yards a carry, maybe 3.3. So that breakaway speed is not there, Adam, like it used to be. Um, But he can still, if you get inside the red zone, he's still a good guy to hand the ball to. Um, He's generally, he's not going to lose yards. I just don't know how much he can necessarily make that first guy miss anymore. Um, They could use probably a little more of a boost uh, at running back, but the big issue really hasn't been offense on this team. It's been it's been defense. Yeah, I want to stick on the offense uh, for at least one more question here. Um, Matt Ryan's in his thirteenth season. I, I don't know why that amazes me. Maybe it's because in Chicago yeah. we we seem to have a different kind. <laughs> you know, no stability. No, no stability. stability. No, Jake Culler had a good run, but even then, you know, there's other guys who had starts the those years. So, um, like. How is he viewed in the city? I mean, how, how do you think he should be viewed? Um, you know, that, that Matty Ice nickname, I, I don't know if that's worn out. Or, or, you know, for someone who's been, I guess, consistent, stabilizing presence since, what, 2008, 2009? 2008 was his draft, yeah. Crazy. Like, yeah. how is he viewed there, and how do you think he should be viewed, you know, by us in Chicago and maybe nationally? Well, I, I think I think Matt Ryan is one of those guys who, when he retires, people are going to – appreciate him a lot more. I mean, just look at the numbers. Um, I don't want to get into whole hall of fame argument right now, but I, I, you know, you always hear, Oh, is he a lead? Is he not a lead? He has to win a super bowl to be elite. Or he would have won a super bowl if, you know, a head coach and offensive coordinator and a million other things, you know, had gone the way they were supposed to go. Um, He won an MVP that year. Um, That was easily his best year, I think, because Kyle Shanahan, you know, was just a great offensive coordinator and got the most out of him. But he's generally been a very good quarterback. I mean, I I hate to get caught up on the word elite because everybody defines it differently. I mean, so is Dan Marino not elite because he never won a Super Bowl? I I don't know. So I I think he's going to go down as one of the better quarterbacks to ever play the game. I'm not going to get into the whole ranking thing right now. In terms of how he's viewed here in Atlanta, I think you're going to see both sides of the spectrum. You're going to see we got to get rid of him because we're not doing anything while he's here. He needs everyone in the Super Bowl. And then you're going to talk to people who's basically going to say, you know, which is the truth, which is that he's not the problem. The only issue I will say with Matt Ryan is, and, and you know, it all depends how you want to break it up, but but they're spending a lot of money. They're spending a lot of money on two players, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. And the question becomes is if you can't be a contending team spending a $30 million a year on a quarterback and $20 million on a wide receiver, what are you doing? And is it time at some point to move on? Not because of them necessarily, but because you're going to have to fix so many other parts of the team. So I think that really is sort of the, the biggest question moving forward. My um, guess is uh, each one has at least another year, but after that, it, it's all up in the air. And it all depends on, obviously, if jobs change, not just to coaching, but in the front office. All right, Jeff, what do you think is going to happen on Sunday? Uh-huh. Um, I These eyes have seen too much. <laughs> but, but are you ready for the Mitchell Trubisky experience? I, I These eyes have seen too much. And, and while if I was walking into a sports book and I saw the game, I would turn and walk in the other direction and go play Keno. I would, uh, in this case, because I'm so uncertain about uh, the Falcons, I would gladly take the bears in three, um, in terms of who's going to win. I think it's a toss up, but if you're asking me right now, I'm just, I don't have a lot of confidence in the Falcons and I'm, I'd go bears, but I could, could go either way. And I'm sure right. if I asked everybody in Chicago, they'd all see the Falcons, right? <laughs> uh, I don't no. know. No? I think I think there's uh, I think there's actually 
a thinking here in Chicago that the arrow might be slightly pointed up, even though the mm-hmm. first two weeks haven't been perfect by any means. Right. Um, so that's why I was really intrigued to, to hear your prediction, yeah. because the Falcons, I feel like, are really tough to figure out right now. Um, well, they are, and I think that's that's the problem is we're all trying to figure out psychologically where they are right now. Because, you know, losing that first game to Seattle and giving up all those points, that's one thing. But losing the way you did to Dallas, you know, that tends to have a carryover, a hangover a bit. And we don't know where they are. And the owner came out and said something the other day on a radio show. And, um, you know, Arthur's been really good late. Arthur Blank has been really good lately about not saying anything. And that sort of slipped out when he talked about the onside kick. So, um I think that's that's why everybody's having a hard time figuring out the Falcons. Their talent's probably overrated, but they're better than this. Uh, and we just don't know where they are right now psychologically. All right. Well, we really appreciate the insight. And again, for our listeners, go find Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Schultz ATL. And of course, find them uh, on The Athletic. Use that app that we always tell you about and uh, go find all the good stuff on the Atlanta athletic and all the coverage leading up to the Sunday's game. Jeff, Jeff, thanks so much for your time. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks, Jeff. All right. There he is. Jeff Schultz from the athletic Atlanta and Johns. We got to make our picks for this game, but first got to take a quick timeout. Well, Johns with all the sports going on right now, Fubo TV is a great option for those of you looking to cut the cord. They got a great family plan, Adam, where three people can watch at once. I know I need that in my house. Standard base plan is two screens at once. That works too. 15% off in your first month, 30 hours of DVR. Get your local broadcast too. And with the NFL season right here, Fubo TV will not disappoint. Stay updated on your favorite teams as well as local broadcast news. So go to FuboTV.com slash athletic today and get 15% off your first month. You won't regret it. That's FuboTV.com slash athletic. Start your first month today. And talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work. Or, sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Adam and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash Adam today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash Adam. GetRoman.com slash Adam. All right, Johnsy, it's that time. We have to do our picks. And uh, we have a special guest here that you don't know about. Coming in here to join us this week. Wow. This is a surprise. surprise for Johns. Okay. Yes. I should uh, probably z- pull up the Zoom call a little bit more. Well, now. we liked what we did with uh, Joe a couple weeks ago, and I'm thinking maybe we make this a regular thing where we have guest pickers. So, uh, And there was some controversy earlier in the week, so we decided to bring in Bob Dabrowski. Bobo! Hey, kiddos. How's it going? We live right now? Oh, this is uh, no, it's a podcast. Ah, uh, yeah, radio podcasting. <laughs> You're always kind of. How are you guys doing? Good to see you on the internet. Yeah, we uh, we missed you on Tuesday. I uh, yeah, no, I uh, I called in, but I guess I didn't make the cut this week. But uh, the Bears still won, so went home happy. There you go. Well, uh, John's, how do you th- you think this is? Uh... A good idea or a bad idea? Well, here? ask me in, in in ten minutes here. Okay, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Well, we actually are bringing 
uh, you in a little bit early here, Bob. So uh, you, we're going to ask you here to make a bold prediction as well. Oh, okay. I love it. What, which, uh, I mean, nothing's ever going to top the, I think, the 83 touchdowns you predicted for Adam Shaheen 45. last year. 45. Sorry, I, do, I almost 83 catches. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, all right. Well, let's get going here. Bold predictions. Johns? I kind of want to defer to our friend Bob here first. Okay. Okay, I'll give you a bold one. Uh, the Birds are going to get a defensive touchdown, but not in the manner that you think a defensive player is going to score an offensive touchdown. Ooh, Ooh I like that. Will you, will you name said player? I, I could see it being uh, the Dancing Bear, Keem Hicks, or um, Eddie Jackson. I know. That, I think he wants to get in on some offense. And they, he got robbed of a score last week. Yeah, so I'll go with Eddie Jackson. Fast Eddie, let's go. I like it. Uh, that's something we saw two years ago and kind of disappeared last season, and it's yeah. actually somewhat realistic for that to happen. I was going to go in a similar uh, fashion, but more traditional. I think the Bears get a pick six in this game. They were so close. They should have had two last week. Um, it's pretty obvious the Bears do not think that was a good call on Eddie Jackson. They've made that clear without openly criticizing the officiating. Chuck Pagano said something similar today. He said it was a phenomenal play by his safety. And uh, what a great return it was that didn't count. And then meanwhile, everybody on the defense was upset that Deion Bush did not return his interception for a (laughs) touchdown. Um, Chuck Pagano, I think he was joking, said that uh, Deion actually got fined for not pitching the ball and for getting tackled by an offensive lineman, which if I'm okay with that being a fine. Like he had to buy lunch for coffees or something. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, But Eddie Jackson, very seriously, when I asked him about that, was like, it's not okay just to get an interception. Anybody can get an interception. You have to return it for a touchdown. I like that mentality. So I think it results in a touchdown this week, Johnsy. So I'll stay on the defensive side of the ball. Um Still staying on the defensive side of the ball, Bobo. Um, I've been critical of the the Bears' pass rush, right? So they only have five sacks this season. I think they they match that this week. Whoa. Yes, so five sacks. This this is the the week they break out. We're talking Mac, Quinn, Hicks, Big Roy. They're all in on it. Um, maybe a linebacker blitz. We haven't seen many of those. Where uh, Roquan Smith. It's a bit after Matt Ryan. So this is the week. The pass rush makes you feel good about it. Uh, five sacks at least this week on Matt Ryan. Five sacks in the first quarter. I like it, Jonesy, babe. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that, would, that would probably be a record, I think. Predictions. 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 All right, Bob, you go first. With the Bears we're starting off with, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. This is your Bears-Falcons pick. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, the Bears are gonna they're gonna honor the late great Kansas Comet. Uh, Gail Sayers is up uh, playing football with Brian Piccolo in the football field of the sky, and the Bears are gonna drop forty easy, um, forty to seven, forty forty to eight. Falcons got a lot of first round picks on the offense, so it's worth a point. <laughs> it's worth a two point conversion. <laughs> okay. Forty to eight. We'll make it close at the end with a two point conversion, but forty to eight. All right. I'm going to say the Bears put up some points, too. I don't know if they hit 40, but I'll go with 30. Um, I I do think that some of the Falcons' offensive success has been linked to to maybe how mediocre the the Seahawks and Cowboys just might be defensively. So give me the Bears. This may sound a a bit maybe too overly optimistic, but 30-24 to on the road. Good day for Mitchell Trubisky. Good day for the Bears' defense. All right, I am. Uh, I've never done this before. I don't think, but I decided to to let our guest influence my pick because I've really been on the fence. And because, well, because he has a better handle of what's really going on in Atlanta than we do. And Jeff Schultz came in here and picked the Bears, so that tells me that um, this thinking. I, I think the Falcons are an okay football team. I don't think they're awful, but they are in a situation where they know their coach is on the hot seat. They blew a huge game, and like Jeff said to us uh, moments ago, that stuff can carry over for a week. 
And I just like, from a mentality standpoint, where I think the Bears' arrow's pointing up, I think the Falcons' arrow is pointing down. Uh, and even though I'm not entirely convinced that the Bears can go down there and win, I think that that's enough evidence right there that I should be picking the Bears this week. So I'm going to say a little bit closer, but 28-24 to 24 Bears win. No arguments. I like it. Oh. We're all in agreement. Oh, yeah. I see the Bears are getting points. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. They're getting three. Um, all right. By the way, new listeners, uh, if you're out there, Bob Dabrowski is a longtime friend of this podcast, and uh, he only brings realistic predictions. And so that's why we thought it was perfect to have him on. Um, since Johns and I are always correct with our predictions, why not bring in Bob to do it this week as our guest picker as well? I think all three of us are probably 2-0 and on the season, though. <laughs> right, oh, yeah. Bob? Oh, yeah. <laughs> At least with the Bears. Yes. Sure. Fifteen more to go. All right, let's go around the league here. We'll start at noon on Fox. I like this game. First of all, what a great slate the NFL has in four of these five games we're about to pick. I mean, if you just want to sit down and watch good games, of course, this one's up against the Bears game, but Rams go to Buffalo. The Rams are off to a great start this season. This is on Fox at noon. The Bills... They look like they might have a little bit more offense than we thought. Josh Allen's looked pretty good so far. They're out there throwing bombs late in the game against the Dolphins. You think they just be running out the clock and Josh Allen's heaving the ball downfield to clinch the victory. The Bills are a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Rams. What do we think here? I like the Bills. I, I'm completely on their bandwagon. I'm not going to give you much analysis in this game. Um, I always have questions about Jared Goff. We talk about that every time we pick one of his games, Adam. So give me the Bills here. Give me Josh Allen. It just seems like a team with a, with a good vibe, a good, like you said, 70-yard bombs at the end of the game, a good attacking mentality um, right now. No, I'm going to go the other way. I think uh, I think it's going to be a close game. I really like both teams. I think uh, the Rams are looking more like the 2018 Rams than the 2019 Rams. Uh, hopefully, the Bears can do the same. But um, I think I, I'm going to I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to take the two and a half points. If there were fans in the stands, which I, I don't believe New York is doing that, but uh, if, it, if there were fans, it would be a, a different different way. But um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Rams in this close one. Take the two and a half points. All right. Uh, I do have to say I've been wrong about the Rams so far this season. They've been better than I expected. I think I've maybe been focusing a little bit too much on some of their cap decisions and all these extensions they're handing out. And they, I don't know how they're going to spread all that money around. Um, but right now, all those guys are on the field. And they've gotten paid for a reason. They're good football players. And so while the depth might be questionable, obviously Sean McVay's a good coach. He's doing great things with the offense. That being said, this is a much better defense than they faced the last couple weeks. I think the Bills get it done at home and even cover that two and a half. I'm going to take Buffalo. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. All right. Also noon. This one's on CBS. The Vikings are off to a terrible start so far this season. Uh, They, believe it or not, are home underdogs against the Tennessee Titans. Two and a half points, Titans at Vikings, noon on CBS. Johns? I'm not going to say that the the, the lack of fans is not a factor because it it completely is up there in, in Minnesota. But beyond that, Kirk Cousins... My guy, his team might just flat out suck. You know, this is a team, Adam, that we talked ourselves into liking more before the year. You know, like the the moves they made, rebuilding while trying to win at the same time. Uh, They did let a lot of good players go, but Kirk Cousins had like a 0.0 pass rating at one point in the last game. Just not good. Um, Ryan Tannehill is playing really well for the Titans right now. So um, I'm going to say... Yeah, give me the Titans in this, even covering here on the road. Bob? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Titans. Uh, the Vikings have been not impressive, to say the least, as you guys hit on that. Uh, Kirk Cousins is not looking great. Uh, 
They gave up a hundred to uh, JTT, uh, the rookie from your school, Hoagie Cat, uh, Wisconsin, last week on the Colts. And I think Derrick Henry is just gonna gonna gash them. They they still got a good D, but uh, they're just I, I just don't see it this this year for the Vikings. Kind of feel bad for those folks up in Minnesota, but they haven't been good since uh, they got rid of Coach Tice's Randy ratio. So I'm gonna go with the uh, Titans there. So. I went Randy ratio. Yeah. <laughs> remember that? Randy Moss. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, a lot mm. of Mike. Pretty good horn, huh? Yeah, a lot of Mike Tice flavor on this podcast this week. By the way, um, when I picked, when I made my picks at the start of the season, and I had the Vikings and Bears both finishing ten and six, and the Vikings just getting the tiebreaker in that situation, leaving the Bears with a wild card. I went back and looked. I had the Vikings starting 0-2, actually, because I thought that the some of the youth they have on defense would start to improve as the season went along. They've been worse than I thought, though, um, definitely, so far this season. However, I, I, I still am not completely buying Tennessee. I think the Vikings go home. They're still well-coached. They're back in their own building. Not going to be a pretty game, but I think Minnesota finds a way to pull this out. And certainly getting two and a half, I like that. Vikings at home. So I'm going to take the Vikings there. That's why we have Adam on the sidelines. He knows everything that's going on. He nailed that one. See? Dave Ennett already thinks I'm right. 325 on Fox. Cowboys and Seahawks. This is where the the, the days start lining up with some good matchups. This should be a good game. Uh, Dallas going to Seattle. The Seahawks are a five-point home favorite, and they've certainly looked good so far this season. This is going to be an electric shootout. Let's be honest. I don't think either of these teams' defenses are, are that great. They all the firepower, star power there is on on offense. If I had to pick them, I go with the better quarterback. And Russell Wilson, in my opinion, I think he's the best quarterback in football. I know Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, but I think Russell Wilson. Is just special himself, too. So give me the Seahawks in this covering by a touchdown. You know, I, I honestly, I still have no, absolutely no idea how the Cowboys uh, came back to beat the the Falcons with the Bears play this week. It was remarkable. Um, I And they, they did not look good week one, and the Seahawks have looked really, really good. I agree with John Zibab on um, – on Russell, Hustle and Bustle Wilson there. I think uh, if if not Mahomes, he's got to be number one or two. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Seahawks. I'll lay the five. I think they win by at least a touchdown. I'm gonna go opposite you guys again. I agree with everything you guys have said. Five points is a lot though, and I think both these teams are gonna be able to score. So kind of like last week where it seemed like Seattle was clearly the better team against the Patriots, but then it still came down to the end. Uh, I could see that happening again here. Five points is too much for me. So I got the Seahawks winning, Cowboys covering. You're not listening, Chris. Packers, Saints, Sunday night football. This should be a, uh, a good game. Packers are number one in like every offensive category so far. They look great. Aaron Rodgers has been outstanding. Uh, 720 Central game on NBC. The Saints struggled on the road, but they're still three-point favorites at home against Green Bay. Yeah, I'm kind of torn on what the Saints are. Uh, Drew Brees is getting some criticism lately. I think that's kind of un, unfounded for who he for what he's shown throughout his career. Um, I'm gonna go with the Packers though. They're just they're hot. Uh, they they the rushing game is working. Their their defense is working. Aaron Rodgers looks great. Um, this may be the the worst thing that Bob look at look at Bob's face. He's just incredulous <laughs> right now. I'm, I'm surprised he hasn't thrown his hat yet. But let, let's be real. The, the Packers are playing some great football. Give me the Packers in this. I, I think the Saints struggles continue for a little bit. And you know, it may surprise you to hear this, but uh, the Packers really annoy me. <laughs> and I cannot, I cannot choose choose them. I think, uh, you know, they've totally dominated uh, the first two weeks, and that has been especially annoying to me. But um, I think that they've been lucky, too, which doesn't make sense. But, uh, yeah, they're going to go 2-14 and 14 this year. Um, 
it hurts the Saints to not have Michael Thomas. That's uh, I think that is going to be a big effect on on Drew Brees for as long as he's going to be out. But I'm not picking the Packers. There's no way. So it's the Saints. <laughs> The Packers really annoy me. Thanks for that's going to be. A, I think that's going to be a staple here. This uh, this pick segment going forward. I think that'll make the soundboard. Uh, I am going with New Orleans. I think there's just some reality that's going to set in. Although I got to say the Packers defense is they're not great. In fact, I think they're 26 yeah, defensive yeah. I take DVOA. Back what, I take back what I said about them a little bit earlier. Okay. That offense is rolling, though. No, the offense has been outstanding. I will say though, Rashawn Gary surprised me. He's been pretty good so far. He's been all over the field, so that's something to watch. I just, I, I, I'm, I, I, sorry, go ahead, Bob. You have Johnsy can change his pick. It sounds like he doesn't want to pick the Packers. <laughs> mm. You know, if, if they did beat the Vikings team, we just ripped the pot, and the Lions are still the Lions. So I don't know when that offense is flowing for Aaron Rodgers. It's just hard to pick against them. Saints will be a better challenge for them. Let's, let's just be real about that. I'm just not ready to jump off the Saints bandwagon after one week. I still think they have an incredibly good roster. Uh, playing without Michael Thomas is tough, but Sean Payton's a good coach. Drew Brees is too smart. They'll adjust. They'll, they'll, I think they'll find ways to score points against Green Bay, uh, and that defense is pretty good. So I'm going to take New Orleans, even with the three points. Uh, give me the Saints. Chris, uh, Matt Nagy's always been kind of the past half-full kind of guy. All right, let's go to the Monday Nighter. 7-15, Monday night on ESPN. It's the Chiefs and Ravens. Not that I needed a reminder, but what a great game. This should be three-and-a-half-point favorites. The Ravens are at home. I love this game, and I love the Ravens in it, actually. Um, I just think that the way they play could take it directly at the Chiefs, who weren't that impressive last week. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you know they really got out of – you know, out of that game against the, the Chargers with the win, I think the Chargers are a pretty good team too. But just the way the Ravens play, the the running game, Lamar Jackson, the the nasty defense that they have, give me the Ravens, even giving up the three and a half. Give me them uh, to cover. I know you guys don't do the over unders on this, but uh, I'm looking at it now. I see fifty four and a half. I think this game is going to be like that um, Rams uh, Saints game, and I think that was a Sunday night a couple years ago. I'd set the over-under at 70. I'd take that. Um, wow. But anyway, for this game, uh, yeah, great game. Um, you know, I think that uh, the way Mitch has played for three quarters this year, it's starting to get in Mahomes' head a little bit. And uh, I I just don't think uh, the Chiefs are, are going to score enough to keep up with this uh, old-fashioned, high-powered rushing attack that the Ravens have. Um, i I go uh, Ravens. 49, Chiefs 42. So they, they cover. So you think the Chiefs are going to put up that many points on the Ravens' defense? I think the Ravens the Ravens have a good defense, but I think they still they still just always have this Ravens mystique, and I think it's uh, they might not be as good as, as we actually feel, and the Chiefs can score on anybody. I, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, is he's nervous about the way Mitch is playing, so he's got he's to perform, so... Yeah, I think they can score some points on, on any defense, even the Ravens. Not the Bears, though. I hadn't considered the Mahomes being worried about Trubisky, but that is a good point. I do think that should be a factor. Uh, if you're gonna, I'm going to buy what you're saying on this being a high-scoring game. And in that case, I'm always going to take the Chiefs because they can score. Uh, and I think uh, getting three and a half, I, maybe the Ravens still win outright, but I'm going to take the, the Chiefs with the three and a half there. Excellent. Bob, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Uh, go Bears. Talk soon. Good to see All you, right. Bobo. Hey, All right. Out there, boys. Talk to you later. There he is, Bob Dabrowski. We'll get him back on the voicemails this week. That na- that number is 872-221-0046. We heard about that on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was great to see him. You know, we're, yeah. we're one of the few that actually know what the real Bob Dabrowski looks like. Right. And we don't have a lot. We could say, hey, come out to one of our live shows and you can meet him in person, which many, many fans have. But we can't do that this year, and, and, and when he does, though, he's usually, you know, full sunglasses, take a mustache, bears hat, concealing his identity. 
I think he was in the middle of some meetings today, so (laughs) at least put the hat on for us. (laughs) All right. It's been fun. Any other final thoughts on Bears-Falcons before we get out of here? It would be good to see the Bears put up some points. Um, I think they they are capable of it. Uh, There are signs of it. You know, maybe it's a, a... bad penalty called on the right guard or something like that 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 changes things but uh the potential is there uh, especially a team against the team I should say like the Falcons who have allowed a lot of yardage thus far this season Adam you know I swear I didn't plan this and I I pulled up I mentioned when we were talking about the Vikings how I actually had them starting 0 and 2 I didn't realize, because this is a spreadsheet I did before the season. I'm just looking at this for the first time. I also had Green Bay starting 2-0, and but finishing 7-9. and Not sure how confident I feel about that anymore, but here's what I was going to bring up. So I had the Bears starting 2-0, and beating the Lions and the Giants, but then I had them going on a three-game losing streak starting this week against the Falcons. Which, by the way, I still think the Colts and Bucks games coming up at home are tough. Oh, they're very tough. They're tougher. I thought the Falcons would be better than they are right now. It strikes me as a game where it's like the Buccaneers game in 2018, right? Where you you see an offense and they have some firepower. Remember that? Like that was a yeah. magic year, wasn't it? And, but that 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 defense they had was just horrendous. It, it reminds me of that a bit, where this offense does have some firepower, but that defense is horrendous. And we saw that played out a couple of years ago uh, for the Buccaneers. Yeah. So, well, I don't think the Bears are going to lose three games in a row now, but that's just interesting. I still had them going 10-6, and six, though, despite that. So, who knows? Preseason predictions don't really matter. Everything changes, and everything's different this year. I, As we're talking about these games this weekend, I'm like, Ah, uh, think about that Bills atmosphere at home against the Rams and the Ravens. The, the Chiefs going into that building and the place would just be crazy. Uh, Aaron Rodgers going into a quiet Superdome versus Aaron Rodgers going into a, the Superdome that could be just... I mean, it changes so... And, like, literally, it has an effect on the offensive lines. On because it, what a home crowd does is neutralize the built-in edge that an offensive line always has on the defensive line because they know the cadence, right? They know the snap count. The defense doesn't. So when you can make the offense go to a silent count, that takes away that edge. And it it, make, it evens things up a little bit more between the pass rusher and the tackle. And that goes out the window here um, when you don't have the crowd and I just, it's whatever. I mean, I guess we just got to accept it, but it doesn't mean I can't complain about every well, it. it it's, sucks. it's just in terms of picking games or changing lines. It, it's a factor yeah. because it's not a factor anymore. It's one reason why I think Aaron Rodgers can do it in new Orleans. And that's another reason why I think, okay, put these guys in the same sentence. Mitchell Strabisky. I said, I called him Mitchell again. Call him. Okay. Again. That's yes. his name. I know. I know. It's why Mitch, can potentially go into Atlanta and do some good things. No, don't care. You know who we haven't talked about in a while? How's everyone doing? This is Nick Foles. Just entered the meeting. How you feeling about my bold prediction for the season? 16 games. I feel more confident about it now than when I wrote that. Um, of course, barring injury. Yes, I feel I actually feel pretty confident right now that if Mitch Trubisky does not get injured, he starts all sixteen games. What did Nagy say the other day? Um, that he's seen—I don't want to say significant or considerable progress, but he's seen growth. He's seen development. I think he's winning over his new coaches. That's not cliche talk. That's real talk. And maybe Nagy again. He's running what they're asking him to run, and what they're asking him to run fits him better. There's no question about it, and if they can keep that going, the big question will be when these defenses adjust, can Mitch do what make the adjustments back? Um, it'll be on the coaching staff too, but it's encouraging they have a running game. All right, we've talked about that plenty this week. Time to close the shop here. Bears-Falcons Sunday. We will... 
have a post-game episode for you, of course, and break it all down no matter what happens. Follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you go to read Adam Johns and Kevin Fishbane and subscribe for $1 per month. Great deal going on right there. You can read me at NBCSportsChicago.com. Please rate and review the podcast. Uh, please give our guy Bob Dabrowski a shout-out on Twitter, at Bob Dabrowski. Thanks to our guest, Jeff Schultz, from the Athletic Atlanta. I don't know why I'm having a hard time saying that. The Athletic Atlanta. Something about that is more difficult. It's called the alliteration, I believe. Yeah. The Athletic Chicago is easier to say. Uh, anyway, Jeff Schultz at Jeff Schultz ATL where you find him on Twitter. You should follow him this weekend. And thanks to our producer, Kent Garrison. He's a very happy Cowboy fan. The Cowboys came back and beat him. For now. For now. We'll talk to you on Sunday. See ya. We don't have turds on this team.